0: To be the best. There are no
1: off days. Welcome on into the No Off Days podcast, the Nod Pod. We have Chris Cato here wearing the green pearl jam shirt. I'm Scott Smith and we have BK in the booth. Thank um, you for
2: describing my clothing. Well, I it's it's yes. a big
1: component of what we do here it at is. the Nod Pod is uh is wardrobe Yes. Even though we don't have a wardrobe budget as of as of yet,
2: one day um, this will be sponsored and this will be a Frito shirt <laughs> or something. I'm
1: surprised you don't actually have a Frito shirt in your closet.
2: Uh, uh, it, well, they, I do. They're just dirty with Fritos stains. Flaming, hot. Yes. Flaming hot.
1: Flame and high. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a lot to get to on today's program, and a lot of it is going to be focused in on college football because I feel like there is like some seismic stories happening right now in college football. But before we get to that. I understand that we have some breaking news and so for that I want to go to our breaking news correspondent Brian King who we find inside the control room at this moment, BK, were you prepared for this breaking news? Uh, it just came in, Scott. Okay, okay. Got it right here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The Toy Hall of Fame. Remember last week we talked about these guys? They How can I forget? Yes. Yes. yes,
2: we had a hotly contested debate over yeah. which ones should get in, and this
1: year's Cabbage Patch. They battleship? did. Where okay. they've,
0: uh, they've announced their finalists. Oh, come wow. on, come on, Battleship. Let's Wait, go. Wait, so
1: these are ju- these are the finalists, or these no, are the no, ones? These ones that are were in? the actual
0: inductees. Okay, I, I the, stay corrected. Okay. okay, all right. These all right. enshrinement. Yeah, let's. Okay. Let quickly review the here's a 25 there's a 25th anniversary is a 12 finalist so just it's a big year it was a big year for me you want to be a part of this class i would think if you were a toy the the finalists included baseball cards the game battleship as you remember bingo bop it that uh,
1: red and yellow um uh, the little types rot, cozy yeah. coop yeah. yes, yes, yes cozy coop cozy
0: coop the, coupe, the yeah. landscaping of every mobile home park the, the, the nerf, the, nerf the, ball the nerf ball slime all this other stuff yes. so scott you picked you're three out of this group that was battleship choose your adventure books mm-hmm. and then baseball cards that two, was part of, two non-toys exactly that's a list. part yeah. of the debate sure Cato, you went with battleship as well cabbage patch kids yes connect four I
1: didn't feel good about Connect
0: right. Four, Brian to be so honest. Are with we you. is this kind of like are we competing against each other no, to no,
1: see no, like, no, who I'm got the mean, most right? No well I'm just saying hey, I just another got. thing for Kato to gamble on. Well, that,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so so who we got? Uh, well f- first of all they they snuck one in on us. They did a contemporary award which Wait, is like What? Yeah, contemporary award. Who votes on this? Actually fans vote on it. It's always a past finalists who've never gotten in they put them all in a group together and then they say hey you know you pick one out and this year's oh. winner was the corn popper
1: i don't i'm not familiar
0: it's that little I, thing you push and oh yeah pops okay up the there's balls. a
1: picture on our screen for our audio audience yes it's yeah, yeah.
2: and i'll describe it for our audio audience Please it's do. that cheap plastic thing that we all had like a lawnmower it's like, like a, a dome lawnmower. with little plastic balls in it and it's on two wheels it's got a long handle as you push it the uh, I believe it was you know some kind of mechanism in there makes the balls
0: pop.
1: That's fun, but not yeah. a hall of famer. I mean well, not not a hall of famer. Please. Well,
0: and people
2: people wrote that one in. Huh? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How about that? Okay, so here's the three inductees for the 2023. There we go. Hall Come on. Fame. CPK. No particular order. Number three. Boom. Cabbage yes. Patch Kids. It. There it is. Those Kato's. Got it in. Chris is oh, so happy. Yeah. Still doesn't have one. Maybe this Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this Christmas. This might be the year. Coming in at number two with another drum roll. Baseball cards. Okay. Boo. All right. Yeah, that
1: makes sense. Yeah. That was...
2: Okay. Which cards are they putting in?
1: Well, what do we? We got a Roberto Clemente. Did he go by Bob Clemente?
2: <laughs> he did. Is that
1: a real card? I don't remember that. He
2: went by Bob Clemente. I, I think at part of his career he did, yeah. yeah. Could have been a font issue and Mickey they just had Mantle. to
0: fit his name in there. That's true.
1: Who's yeah. this Mickey I Mantle? Be play, I wouldn't be playing with those cards, though. Those are worse
3: something right yeah, there. But, so, uh,
2: those aren't the two that are get. we don't know which ones. They're sticking in the Hall of Fame. Those are just some
3: examples. I think it's yes. just baseball so, cards in, in general. In general. Yeah. Okay. That's got to be awkward, which and
0: ones to you ready for the last one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yeah. Boom, Nerf Toys. Nerf. Oh. Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Nerf it Toys. Was, makes hang on. It. No, this is different. They've changed it. It was Nerf Ball before. No. And now it's just this general umbrella of Nerf Toys.
0: Right, but we we said that that was the problem with it because they split their vote because yeah. some people didn't want the Nerf guns in there and some people wanted the Nerf hoops. Are, in we, there. are
2: people against Nerf guns
1: now? Okay. What? No,
0: no. I was <laughs> just throwing Nerf toys and general yeah. as the one that okay. popped in my mind. But. So
1: it's it's a br- the brand has gotten in, hmm. which yeah. is it's bizarre. You're setting a weird precedent, um, and I'm sure that there's I, if I can name other toy brands right now. Go ahead. Uh, uh, ha- Hasbro, Hasbro. Mattel. I, no, yeah. exactly. They're <laughs> I mean, all angry. Like Hasbro yeah. toys. Yeah, just you know? yeah, lump them like, all
2: in there. Fisher-Price. I, I think Fisher Nerf Price. got
1: hosed here. And, and the Nerf hose got hosed, too, if that's a thing. I'm not sure it is. Okay, well, well I'm, I'm glad, glad that we, we have circled back around on our toys. Now yes. we, let's get to more pressing matters. What do we have on today's program?
0: Uh, today's show, we're going to interview three-time major winner Nick Nick Price. Doing a little golfy. A little golfing again, yes. He's into designing golf courses. I believe he's designed 13, 14. He's got another one going up in the Bay Area here. Yeah, that's so we'll right. Talk to him about that.
1: Not mini golf, right? It's, we're not talking a little, about like clown's a mouth. These are legit, yeah. world-class golf not
2: courses. Not like what Tiger Woods is doing with these <laughs> pop strokes <laughs> that are popping up everywhere. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Corn All right, fun. Corn pop strokes. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: And uh, at the end of the program. End of
0: the show. This was sent in to us by one of our fans, Chris Cato. Great idea. <laughs> I thought it was a great idea. We're going to take street signs, road signs from across the world. And they got some crazy ones out there. And I want you to kind of, you two, and Chris is not, he doesn't know what these, which ones are. Oh, I sure. Picked. I haven't cheated this time and no. looked ahead. No, no. I just want to lay that out there. Yeah, but,
2: my inspiration for this was what's been in our news recently in the sports world, sign stealing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I thought. Very
0: good, yeah.
1: Signs. Yeah, that's called foreshadowing, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. You're Sounds good, BK, we'll catch up in a Thanks little a bit. If you're listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com/nodpod. If you're watching and you want to listen, or subscribe, take out your phone, zap the QR code on the screen in the bottom right-hand corner, and there you can find all of our shows. Uh, like the one that we initially talked about, the Toy Hall of Fame. That was last year, and then we followed up with more uh, information, I believe, last year about the Toy Hall of Fame. And then last week, we talked even more about the Toy Hall of Fame. It looks like we, <laughs> we've we <laughs> caught a little bit of a theme here. Um, please subscribe, fox13news.com slash nodpod. All right, so big week in college football, uh, but there's only a handful of games that I think are, are really probably must-watch games this week because we've kind of gotten to the uh, what would be what the cream puffs portion of your program? Cupcake Saturday, which yes. is the
2: worst in November. This should not happen in November.
1: So I figured let's kick it off by, by let's first talk about the games that we got this week that we think are going to be must watches. And, and BK, if you have one, you, you can feel free to jump on in. And, Chris, if you're ready, go ahead and fire.
2: BK always BK always has a he good does. one. He yeah. well, does.
1: Uh, last week, what, it was the Oakie State game. He was right. And yeah, he called it. Oh,
2: and yeah. he, did, he didn't tell us that, that UCF would be wearing those beautiful baby blue uniforms. Yeah, I thought so. it was North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I put a couple down. I like, uh, I like K-State at Kansas just because it's the future Aggie Coach Bowl. More foreshadowing mm. for you there. But I think I've settled on this one, staying in the Big 12. This is the one I'm watching this weekend that I believe could have a surprising result that throws things into chaos okay are, no, are you calling an upset or are you not calling an upset I'm call, I'm calling it okay. let's just call oh, it right okay. now let's call it right now number seven Texas on the road at Iowa State mm. uh, Iowa State six and four but they've been playing a lot better lately it's really re- remarkable what Matt Campbell has done given that you know half of his roster was suspended for the season because of gambling uh, but so here's the thing this is why this is interesting if Texas loses it sinks the big
1: 12s college football playoff chances yeah it certainly does and you know who's playing in that game? Uh, Quinn Ewers. And who's the other quarterback? Oh, uh, Rocco Rocco Beck. Beck. Yes. Yes. Anthony Beck's son. He's a Wesley Chapel kid. And uh, so, yeah, he's he's taken off. In fact, they're they're doing all kinds of like t-shirt sales. I think uh, it's like Something about his hair. Like oh, he's does he gay. have? He has some, some. Yeah, he I'm gonna have to
2: Google flow. this now. Um, right. yeah, in Texas, by works. the way, lost their number one running back for the season last week. So, this could be a, It's it's on the road. Could be a tricky spot. So yeah, I'm gonna call the upset. And,
1: and it seems like there's there's always one or two like upsets and names every year. Yeah. So yeah, you mm-hmm. got to be careful there. Uh, BK, do you have one?
0: I'm going to follow Cato's theme and he, I mean, he started start out saying his cupcake Saturday. I think when the Saturday's over, it's going to be chaos Saturday. Oh, because boy. Oh. I'm calling the Tennessee upsetting Georgia this week. Are you? Yes. No. Yes. How's Two that How does that happen? Tennessee they they're that not t- as bad. Tennessee Rivers going to have some more well, football <laughs> well, holes in there. They're bringing Dolly Parton in. That's another that's one. Uh-oh. She's going yeah. to be a special yeah. guest of the team and uh, no, I think uh, it, it's got to be chaos at some point. it was either this or the 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 oregon state game out there there's got to be some upsets it can't be just chalk all the way through here i like the pit i like the game in uh in ames but tennessee georgia why not
2: yeah well you know uh it's a tough Newland stadium is a tough place to play but that's not a that's a different tennessee team than they had last i just don't see it
0: yeah they're.
2: And even if Georgia loses, it doesn't really change anything. They still play Alabama in the.
1: It doesn't.
2: Yeah. No, it
1: it probably doesn't. Um, No, but and I I feel like Georgia's just kind of got warmed up last week. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't know, but but we shall see. I mean, Brian hasn't been wrong about many of these. That's true. (laughs) I don't know why I'm doubting it. I shouldn't do that. I should learn my lesson. Okay, so you got you got a Vols upset. You got uh, you got a Cyclones upset. what that what that leave you with <laughs> oh well i'm gonna go out west again because oh, that's just a stay on brand um but i don't know i am not gonna call the upset on this one but uh it's the washington oregon state game and the reason why this game is big is because should there be an upset oregon state takes on u this week they got oregon next week and of course that the, the, the civil war game and um Look, they have a way. They, they could derail the Pac-12, and they are the you know. Remember, they were the one, one of two teams left behind. Right. in Washington State. Th- this could be their send-off, and yes. what a send-off it wow. would be to the rest of the Pac-12 if they can throw a wrench by by upsetting both of these teams down the stretch and making sure that n- neither the the Pac-12 is not represented in the playoff. I mean, this could be. Oh man! I'm if down for that. Incentive. That would
2: be a that would be a story there. Yeah.
1: So the beavers, they have. Uh, they might be able to create quite the dam. Preventing uh, <laughs> teams go. from going into the playoffs. so that And okay. that, that game, uh, is that a Fox game? It is, but you're not calling for the upset. No. Okay. It's, it just you seems, no. Know I, the I don't want to see it. So I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, it's a, it's not it a it. Fox game. I okay. won't say what network it's on. All right. Texas and, and Iowa State, though. Yeah, That's we got that 8, one. 8 p.m. Yeah, okay. boom. All right, very good. All right, so uh, in other um, matters in college football, of course, mm. Jim Harbaugh uh, trying to galvanize his uh, Michigan Wolverines. They had to win at Penn State last week without him um, uh, Sharon Moore, the, the assistant coach that filled in as the interim head coach, uh, brought to tears, Chris, at yes. the end of this game. Uh, it was uh, very emotional. Yes. It was kind of back and forth between tears and sadness and, and um, cursing. And cursing yes. on, on live television. Yeah. Um, so. I would love to thank the Lord up above and bleepity bleep bleep bleep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's how it went, yeah.
1: basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Harbaugh getting out there talking about his chickens, talking about him being, you know, this is America's team, this is the story that every but of course everybody's looked overlooked uh, Michigan this whole year I know, right yeah. like nobody gave Pitiful, them a, yeah. a puncher's no chance no one picked them to win the and uh, the and here they are you know yeah. they, they got their backs against the wall um, so what do you make of what we're seeing in Ann Arbor right now with this story and you know he's he's serving a three game suspension this Friday by the time you watch this it, you know they may have already concluded what maybe they maybe they've shortened his suspension but the big the big 10 has come in and said Look, we're slapping you with a three-game suspension to, to round out the rest of the season. We've seen enough evidence already. Not really giving, I guess, due process. That's what Harbaugh's fighting for. But how do you yeah. – what makes sense, sense you make of it? This
2: has been a story that's been a, a fun roller coaster ride to follow, right? This whole sign-stealing, scouting opponents in advance. That's what this is for. That's the violation of the Big Ten sportsmanship policy. That's where they're coming down with the suspension on Harbaugh for. I believe now we've read a lot of reporting out there about Connor Stallions is the now former staffer who was out there scouting opponents in advance, collect, you know, recording um, opponent signs, and then and then using that to Michigan's benefit. Um, a lot of the reporting suggested that. He maybe somehow had shielded Harbaugh from this. In fact, there was a a friend of his who went on record saying that plausible
1: deniability. Yes, exactly.
2: Shielding the figurehead from any blame. Then, last week, as you mentioned, the Big Ten commissioner, Tony Petiti, in his first year. By the way, what a great first year he got to inherit with the Northwestern mess and the Michigan State mess with Mel Tucker and now this. But anyway, uh, he comes out kind of shockingly right before they hit the road to play this Big Penn yeah. State game and comes down with this three-game suspension, which tells me that there's something else that they have. I wish he had been a little more forthright in what they do have. I wish
1: he had come out and said, Uh, we have enough evidence to suggest that Harbaugh knew about this. Well, they said just the opposite. So they they have evidence that it's going on, or that it it happened, but they don't have evidence directly linking Harbaugh to it. So the whole point is is that this is not a suspension necessarily of Harbaugh. This is punishment for the university. So this is Michigan being punished even though to everybody, you know, it looks like it's Harbaugh and, and the football program being punished.
2: So, well, I, I, my, this is my last thought on this. Probably not. This, <laughs> but, but this is where I land on this. I think this was a good move. I, I know Michigan hates it. But I feel like Petiti, this is showing strong leadership because it would have been easy to say, we're going to wait and see what the NCAA does. We're going to let the NCAA lead. And I think that's where we thought this was going to go the whole time. And we know that the NCAA is going to drag its feet and there might be a punishment two or three years from now. So I feel like this was a strong leadership on his part when you have the other Big Ten schools and presidents and athletic directors coming to you and saying, look, we know this happened because we have – the, this surveillance video pulled from these games where this guy was there stealing our signals. So are you going to do anything about it yeah. or not? So I feel like uh, he came out, you know, this was a,
1: a show of strong leadership on his part. Uh, you know, part of this, though, is that a lot of teams, as you mentioned, the NCAA kind of acts in retrospect and they'll go back and they'll vacate vacate wins, which they I'm sure they still reserve the right to do if, if they unfold this thing and it looks a lot muddier than it is right now but I, it feels like a lot more talk and discussion about like the severity of this thing than it's actually it actually is it, it just does not feel that big of a deal it's not a severe to, punishment to me. it's not i mean and and for for Harbaugh to get up there and act like he's the most vilified person in the world look it's galvanizing his team and of course the Michigan alum and boosters and fans they love it and and maybe that's the whole point maybe yeah. that's the show that's the that's his audience right but you know, at the end of the day, like it, it does matter if your head coach isn't there on game days, right? Because I mean, there's some in-game calls that 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 Harbaugh would have to make, but I'm sure he trusts his staff. Uh, he's able to be there for for during the week um, game planning and right. as they get ready for their next game. So. I just think in the, in the grand scheme of things, you're not being uh, taken away from a Big 12 or a Big 10 championship possibility. You know, it's going to come down to the Ohio State game. That's what right. this is all about. Harbaugh not being there uh, against the Buckeyes and how much that plays a factor. Do, do the,
2: you think that that does play? Like, would that give Ohio State a
1: slight edge if Harbaugh's not on the sideline? I, no, I think it gives Michigan the edge because motivation yeah. is so key. I, yeah. I mean, this rivalry is uh, – you don't really need to add any more to it, but – I mean, if if Michigan is talking like they are the most, you know, victimized, you know, team on the planet and this is America's team and a case to to rally behind, then I feel like that gives them a lot more motivation for this game. So in in some strange way, I think it's a benefit to Michigan. Hmm. Um, But it's a good
3: point. And I don't know that Ohio
1: State loves it, even though, you know, maybe it's. Ohio State and other teams within the conference that are kind of in the commissioner's ear, saying, "Hey, I think, punishment yeah, needs to I, come down. It, it, this could backfire." But I think that's true. Most importantly, what were your what's your reaction to his thoughts on chickens? Well, I think he was dead on, <laughs> yeah. right? So the high production and uh, low maintenance. You know, it's funny, like we yeah. I've got I got into the chicken business uh-huh. right around the time he did, and. Um, yeah, I've, I was amazed by these little birds, you know.
2: Would you echo what he said, that uh, he comes home and, and they're happy to they're see him, happy. where he, he yes. said, I do a lot of nice things for people, and they don't show me appreciation, but these but chickens the birds do. Do yeah. you get the same kind of Precise. love? Okay. Precisely, but okay. I,
1: I don't read too much into their intentions. I think I'm just food guy. So I'm the food drops from my hand and that's what they care most about. But yes, they they do they, they pay off. Okay. Especially with egg prices going up. Yeah. Um, all right. So the other big story in college football, of course, Jimbo Fisher, uh, getting the jumbo payment to leave Texas A and M fired, uh, and get seventy six, seventy seven million, what's a million between friends, um, to, to walk away and take his money and run right he gets a giant chunk of that nearly 20 million within the next 60 days and then the rest is going to be in Bobby Bonilla type payments <laughs> uh even better though because it's yeah. 7 million a year until 2031 uh th- this is the largest payout ever I-, I read somewhere where it this like college football has paid out in, in like dead cat money essentially uh f- over 500 million dollars in dead money to coaches to just stop coaching this has happened within the last <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm not sure what's what the time frame is but i mean when you think about all the money that texas a m is paying out they're gonna have to also buy out their assistant coaches salaries yeah they're also gonna have to probably buy out whoever they're hiring from the existing university mm-hmm. i mean there is so much money that it's going, <laughs> like it's like 50 plus million dollars within the next couple of months that they're paying out just to get rid of jimbo fisher is it worth it chris
2: well, that the reason that's why the oil prices, the gas prices are what they are <laughs> yeah, in Texas right, right now. Right. I mean, you're part of that, what you said there, yes, they do have to pay him all of this money. That first $20 million installment is coming from what they call the 12th man fund. So this is your oil guys. These are your boosters. So that isn't coming from athletic department funds, but the 7 million, 7.3 million installments for the next eight years will come from the budget. Uh, And to your question, is it It's the rainy day fund? It's the rainy day fund. But to your question, is it worth it? um, That's yet to be determined. It depends on what you do now with this person, this next coach you're bringing in. That's when you find out if it's worth it. I mean, if we could look at past cases where, you know, so Auburn had the before this happened, the highest buyout was Gus Malzahn. It was like twenty one million. Uh, And they bring in Hugh Freeze, and it's too early to tell if it's worth it. But, you
1: know, he had to go in that case. But I guess is it worth it isn't the best question. Is is it going to work, right? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, they're doing this because they're paying all this money because winning a national championship is worth it. And finding the right guy that can lead you to the promised land is worth it. But I guess... Is this going to generate exactly the outcome that you're right. hoping for, right? Yeah,
2: which is what they thought they were getting when they went and paid Jimbo all this money to come from Florida State. a kind of national championship yeah, you know, under his belt already. And Coach Saban is, uh, you know, a disciple and all this, and, and it just blew up in their face. So it really depends on on who they hire here. And, and you know, maybe they don't go the route that they went with Jimbo last time, which is trying to get a guy
1: that checks a bunch of boxes. Before we get to the names, um, is is – where is Texas A&M in terms of the quality of job? I mean, you're already, when you look at the names of all these people, you know, there's some that are at established programs and they're winning right now. And mm-hmm. we'll get into that in just a second, but, but how uh, prestigious is Texas A&M in college football as, as a landing spot?
2: I think it's a top 10 job, and maybe, maybe top five to seven. I think it's a, a great job because of the resources you have. Because of the buy-in you have from the administration, the fans, obviously, the wealthy oil barons out okay, there. So that you just said money in three different yes. ways. Okay. But also, I think it's a good job because it is in the SEC where they're about to renew. They're about to write a new um, TV deal with TV networks. And, and so your um, cash flow is going to increase even more. And I think it becomes more attractive starting next season because Texas A&M, there won't be divisions anymore. So... There will be, I think, for the next Texas A&M head coach, there will be an easier path to an SEC
1: title where you don't have to play Alabama. Easier. Yeah, you don't have to play
2: how Alab- e- Alabama. How is it you don't have to easier? Play-
1: You're adding even more talent to your pool to compete against. Uh, te- you're adding a Texas and an Oklahoma. Texas and Oklahoma
2: are, are going to be like middle-of-the-pack SEC teams. Well, we'll see. They will be. Well, I, I, I don't know about I, that. I, I, I don't know about okay, that. So, Nick Saban's not coaching forever. So, right. so, this next Texas A&M coach will be in an SEC where you don't have divisions and you're not going butting heads with Saban every year. I think it's going to be mm-hmm. a better setup for this next coach, and I think it is a okay. really good job. Well, I just think it's been – Maybe
1: he's more worried about butting heads with Kirby Smart in the, over the, the future. Uh, but the, the, the point is I, I don't see how the SEC is getting easier. Uh, like That, to me, I don't see – I didn't see say the
2: SEC is getting easier. I said Texas well, A&M you, will have a better – you won't be locked
3: into I mean, this you're, division. You have, a,
1: you have a better chance because the playoff is expanding, But like, but to be a – Preeminent, like year in year out, like leader in the SEC. I don't see. I don't
2: see that road. So you're saying uh, expectations are just too high at Texas A&M. You shouldn't set your sights on SEC championships and national championships. No, I
1: mean that's f- that's what every s- school is doing, right? I think, but there has to be a measure of reality too, right? Like when I assess good jobs, there's several factors, you know, in college football, and I think like the number one thing is like winability. Can you win? Can you win there? Uh, And for Texas A&M, that is, uh, I don't think that's a firm yes, because you're competing against the best of the best, and it's very difficult. I mean, you're competing against your second tier in your own state in recruiting. I mean, you're competing against Texas, right, who's now coming into the SEC, making things even more complicated, and, and, and to Jimbo's you know, credit, he, he did a great job recruiting. Developing, I, I, I'm not sure it, about yeah. that. But, like, so on top of that, you have winability, which I think is, eh. Uh, recruiting, okay? Yeah. G- recruiting, I'll give you that. Like, you can recruit there. Uh, Texas is a big state, so and, and they've already proven they can recruit there. Uh, on top of that, longevity. Like, is it a job that I can be at that I'll feel like I can establish something and be a – Bobby Bowden and Nick Saban, someone that, you know, a Kirby Smart, someone that can be here for the long haul, that I can build up enough cred to where I have a bad year and I'm not worried about looking over my shoulder. I would say no. You don't have that there at Texas A&M. Wait, wait, uh, how long did Jimbo have? Six years. He I got mean, fired in year number six. That's pretty good. We're firing coaches yeah, after that, two years think, well, now. That's true, but, I mean, I mean, this is Jackie
2: Sherrill re- of the 1990s <laughs> where you're going to be you know, R.C. Okay, Slickham.
1: Yeah, but out of his – he's had two eight-wins, two nine-win seasons. He's had top five
2: recruiting classes every year, and that's where the expectation falls short. You know, previously Texas A&M didn't get these top five classes. Now all of a sudden you're getting the same guys Alabama and Georgia are getting, but you're not –
1: Texas has been recruiting – Top having top classes for years. They have been totally off the radar. for. So it's not just a matter of like, you can have like some type of assessment from 24-7 sports that says this guy's a five-star, this guy's a four-star, uh, but you have to convert that talent into something that makes sense on the football field too. And there's well, so many other okay. factors that but come well, into play. You,
2: I think you're saying you didn't, that Jimbo didn't have long enough to prove that he could
1: develop these I'm players? Not, I'm not saying that. I, I, I agree with their assessment in that Jimbo is had a program stuck in neutral. I get it, I'm not saying that you, that they were wrong to fire him. I'm not saying that at all. But when I look at jobs that are worth it to me, um, are, are the best, so it kind of hits on all four of those things. So again, winability, recruiting, uh, longevity, and then the fourth thing would of course be money, which if, which is not a problem at Texas A and M, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not just hey, which job pays the best, right? Of if that's not. No. if that's the if that's the metric, then A and ms is probably the, one of the best jobs in the country, right? Yeah. So to me, I don't know. I, I think Texas A and M feels like I think they're uh, you know. Their their, their cowboy boots are a little too big for their feet. I'm trying. Like (laughs) I think that they they feel like what what they are as a program. uh, I don't recall a national championship. 1939. Uh, 1939. Uh, They have they claimed the national championship. So I mean, this team is good. They're you know they're competitive, but I don't know, man. They don't have an identity. Yeah. They don't. And the problem is now you have set a standard where you have paid a coach seventy you know plus million to to not coach. Uh, when when you have a fully guaranteed contract, I'm sorry, you're just how how can you expect to have the same passion and vigor from your coach and everybody when there's nothing really other than, hey, go out and win the national championship. But there's no other incentive. I could also tank. I could also bomb. It's not going to change my bottom line at all. If I lose my job and his salary doesn't even offset. So like if he gets another job, he's going to make that money and he's still going to make his Texas A&M firing money, too. It's good to be Jimbo. So, but I, don't I, you think
2: Jimbo has broken that mold? We're not going to see these this fully guaranteed contract again. Like, this isn't happening again. These athletic directors are going to learn from this. How? how oh, easy. It's the same
1: thing. Once you break the seal, it's like uh, quarterbacks. It's like what the, the, the I, I, Sean Watson. I, I, you're trying I, to put this toothpaste back in the tube. Good luck, man. I don't think
2: it is. If Come. I'm
1: the next guy that is in, 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 interviewed at Texas A&M, I'm looking at Jimbo's contract, then I'm going to say, okay, Well, that, how much do you want me? cuz presumably he's coming from a pr- unless they're going to go pluck somebody from a low rank like they yeah. they're, they're going to try go get the big yeah, guy. Yeah, thank
2: you. Do that. That's what I'm
1: saying to Texas A&M,
2: break that cycle. Do that. Go get a guy that's a winner. Go get a guy that's a well, winner that's at a lower level. Well, that's what they thought they had
1: a, a Jimbo. Well, no, it's a guy they that did. Was established they went, well, that had won They before. did,
2: but I'm saying you can get a guy who's just as good or better of a hopefully better than a coach who isn't going to have that expectation of i need nine million dollars right now to do this for you who's just as effective i i'm trying to segue you here into our candidates you're not taking the bait let's
1: get into our (laughs) candidates okay all right so um let's give me who your top candidate if you are texas a&m right now and you're the guy that just dropped you know 70 million dollars to get that jimbo fisher character out of the the athletic department (laughs) who you obviously get first pick who do you want who do you want to go after look ross bjork the
2: athletic director is saying that he decided that jimbo would be fired and he will decide who's going to be hired Mm -hmm. it's not johnny oil baron uh well i think you've got to call some guys that are going to say no but i think you've got to call them because you're texas a&m and you can okay so first call you call kirby smart okay say what will it cost he says no (laughs) no thank you yeah uh, and you call Dan Lanning, who has already adamantly earlier this week said, no, yeah. never, never, I'm going to stay here as a duck for life. Infamous um, last words, right? Yeah. And But I think those guys aren't realistic. I think in my list of like uh, Lane Kiffin, two I would put in that pile. I would That's say not realistic. I don't think he is. And Why? I think uh, because of the money. Lane's currently making $9 million. Okay. I know this is hard to believe given that we've just talked about how A&M has infinite oil resources but I do believe that this will be a factor in this hiring as you are paying because they said this is going to come out of the athletic department budget as you are paying Jimbo 7.3 million a year can you really pay his replacement more than 9 million a year in
1: addition every year No, I believe they can and and I believe they must too because look no,
2: Ross Bjork said that that's going to be a factor is that they cannot like you know that's something they're going to heavily consider is the fact of what we're going to pay this new coach in addition to this $7.3 million. I think it's going to be a factor. We
1: made a foolish decision before, guys, but we're not going to fall into that trap again. Yeah. So we're going to go in and we're going to be, you know, bearing our coupons. We're hoping to, to, to hire somebody on a budget. Listen, I, I,
2: I would call Mike Elko, you know. He's been there. Okay. Their defense when he was under Jimbo as defensive coordinator from 2018 to 2021, one of the best defenses in the country. Yeah. I know he the, the, the administration there knows him. He's known amongst the Texas high schools there, the places you need to recruit. Uh, he's done a great job at Duke, and I know he's not the flashiest. I don't know if he, like, exudes, like, you know, win the press conference type higher, but I think he's such a good coach, and if you pair him with the right good young offensive coordinator, that that could work. Okay. I,
1: yeah, I, I agree. He's my he's my top pick also. All right. But I, he's not my top pick. Okay. But, okay <laughs> what was your top pick? <laughs> Jeff Je- Je- <laughs> Kirby was it Kirby?
2: Jeff Trailer is my top pick. Really? Yeah. From Texas. San UTSA. Antonio. Yeah, so the Roadrunners.
1: Okay. Because you think that you can get him on a budget. He's mm-hmm. he's making two point five mil now. He's a Texas guy.
2: Yeah. He's a, yeah he's a, he's I've read uh, that the Texas high school coaches, which um, have like a union there, like you have to kiss the ring if yes. you're going to coach any of these college programs there. They didn't like Jimbo didn't like old Jimbo very much mm. so I think that you've got to got a guy that you've got to get a guy that has their respect it, trailer obviously big. has that. he has won you know national uh, national state championships at the high school level there and now has done a great job at UTSA yeah. 40 37 and 13 in his fourth year there he's going to get a power five job at some point why not make it this one
1: yeah no I think that having Texas ties is really really important I think like, knowing that recruiting base and experience there is going to be important. So I, that, that wouldn't be a bad hire. Uh, I do like Elko uh, first because he's actually dealt with those boosters. He's yeah. actually been a part of that program. He gets it. He knows what the expectation is. Uh, it's a little bit more of a flashy hire, not personality-wise, but the fact that he's won at a big-time level in the ACC, that he's done some big things there at – a program that is not known for being a football program. Right. So, uh, he's my number one. But I do think you go for Lane Kiffin. I, I think you make an effort to go for Lane. And, it's look, it's not necessarily about how much money are you making a year, but how much money are you going to guarantee, you know? Yeah. And that that's part of the lure, too. I think the idea of going after – here's the thing. With, with Lane, I think the results speak for themselves. Uh, what he's done, wherever he's gone, I mean – In the the, he's later act. Right. Uh, Let me put put it that way. Okay. Uh, I I think our it's impressive he gets he gets college football as it is not how it used to be or how somebody wants it to be but the nil the, the transfer, transfer portal, portal yeah. all that stuff he's he has an exciting offense he can recruit i think i think he would make a lot of sense and if you throw some more he's already been at um, half the teams in the sec already so <laughs> might as well you know might as he's well already stolen in. all of their signals <laughs> right, so. right exactly yeah. um you know in addition to that you know they have you know names like dan lanning as you mentioned he's shot that down i don't know see him going um you have uh Deion sanders at colorado that's not real though is it I'd, i here's here's if it was texas if, if, if i was texas a&m uh, i would give it i would give it an, a consideration you know, I, I don't know how good of an ex's nose and game coach he is uh, you know, look, this, the, we're still in the middle of this whole test subject, but <laughs> the fact that he, what he's been able to do, I think, at Colorado, you know, I know they've been on a slide as they got into the teeth of the Pac-12, but he's made uh, them relevant. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, you're 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 going to be able to compete immediately in luring talent, mm-hmm. so that is going to win. Uh, plus, you you pair that with with a, an established NIL uh, brand, and I think. Yeah. It could be interesting. It could be very interesting to see what he could do there. That's not going to happen because Shadur I don't think, can transfer without sitting out a year. So, yeah. Uh, so that he couldn't bring his Louis. He could you know, bring his he Louis could to, bring all to, the to li- College
2: Station. All the Louis. What, what do you think about Dan Campbell? Uh, yeah. I, now, you can't put your biased Lions hat no, on No, I mean,
1: I, I do. I think it, it kind of makes sense. He's an A&M guy. He's a Texas guy. Uh, they could pay him a lot of money. But but I think just that change going to the college game, he's been an NFL coach, you know, and I just I don't know that he would be set up for success there. I mean, he isn't he's an impassioned. He's an impassioned leader. He you know, he can rally the troops. Can he go out and recruit? You know, can he appeal to, you know, a 17 year old kid and win over the parents? that kind of stuff can he build a staff and and all that you need at the college game who would it's want to totally deal, who wants to deal than, with
2: that yeah I don't know
1: it's a lot you know so um and he's got a pretty good thing going to Detroit too yeah so he does, yeah. I, I don't know that he want to leave it but yeah, um man. it's you know it's a fascinating you know development and uh, I'm sure that uh, it, it will take th- you know we probably won't know this until we get into bowl season but I don't know, but you but also have you you have transfer portal day in at early December, December you...
2: 4th. I think that's what they want to get ahead of because because you have to re-recruit your own players and convince them not to transfer sure. and then go seek out other players from other programs. Let's pretend this moves at lightning speed for some reason and people are just, you know, listening to this podcast on Friday for some reason. Shame on you. You should listen Thursday nights. Uh and they've announced the Texas A&M head coach and it is
1: uh, uh. I'm going to if they move that quickly, I'm gonna say that it's trailer. Okay, I'm gonna say it's trailer. If if they can if they can knock it out this week, then I, I think he's the guy. Um, yeah, yeah, that would make sense. If it's anybody else, they got bowl game. I mean, UTSA is going to a bowl game too, so they might could get Kiffin to make
2: Kiffin. They're not gonna play uh, for an SEC championship anyway. They might could. Get- sneak a lane in there
1: pretty quickly no i think that i think he would i think lane would play the game i think he'd stretch it out a little bit you know Mm. if it's one of those bigger names that you know that there's other teams that are going to be buying you can you can always kind of move your asking price up but if you're you know mid-tier school like a utsa i could see that happening i I think lane's waiting on the tuscaloosa opening yeah yeah (laughs) In a matter (laughs) of time it might (laughs) this might next year might be the year yeah all right what do you say we talk a little golf i need to yeah yeah well, Chris, our guest is a three-time major champ. He is a golf hall of famer. Nick Price joining the No Off Days podcast. Nick, thank you so much. All right, last round of golf that you kept scoring, and what was it?
4: I uh, shot, let's see. We opened up our new course at MacArthur on uh, Friday, and I think I shot one under. So Ooh. not bad for, for an old guy.
2: <laughs> well, bringing us up to speed, MacArthur is one of your design courses. In, is that in uh, Hobie Sound?
4: You, that's correct okay. yeah actually I built what we call the front yard um, along with Tom Fazio and Bill and Brent Crenshaw just did what we now call the backyard which was open on Friday and it, they're very nice both courses complement each other so we're very excited about the future you,
1: you're a front yard guy that's, I'm a front yard I, mean, yeah. I got
4: in about 20, 20, 22 years ago we broke ground just before September 11 um, on our project so uh, we've been going for 20 what's that 22 years now
1: So you have another project that is, I mean, I don't know that the shovel has even hit the dirt yet, but Saleta Golf Club in uh, Mayaka (laughs) City. You guys are are excited about this project, I know. Um, It's, what, we're about a a year away from the the presumed launch date?
4: Yes, all things being equal. You know, it's going to take us probably until uh, May or June, maybe a little bit later to complete, um, you know, all of the work uh and then we start planting and as we go along we're probably going to start this project down in the southern part of the property and then move northwards so as we complete the southern part we'll start grassing first which may be as early as uh, may next year uh early may maybe end of april i'm not sure um you know weather permitting we get a lot of rain it slows us down a little bit uh, but hopefully we won't have too much rain this winter and let us really get on with it so yeah and then about a three to four month growing period through the summer um so end of october november somewhere around there hopefully we'll we'll be playing on our, our new golf course
1: the process to do this, I mean, it, it's just so, it's a foreign concept from from me. Uh, you know, I don't understand how long it takes, and <laughs> it seems like the design is obviously very key. that That's your role in it, not to mention all, all right. the, the growing in and I think uh, thousands of cubic tons of dirt. I saw that you guys had to bring yep. in millions of pounds. Um, what is the, the design process? Is it as simple as like well, you know, I liked this hole on this course and I'd like to make it look like this and I like this one on this course and I'd like to make the... I mean, you, you guys are trying to work around nat, you know native vegetation and, and housing developments and all that. Yes. W- what's that process well, we're, like? we're,
4: well, you know, each project is totally different and, and you can't actually say, you know, obviously some of the designs and the courses that I've played in the past influence my, my design and my philosophy. I have great uh, fav, uh, favorite architects over the years who... I've really sort of used a lot of the, um, some of the older guys, are Perry Colt, um, Seth Rayner, and those guys. Are, I'm a big one for incorporating the bounce of the ball in the game. You know, I think for the longest time, um, you know, uh, we, we've overwatered our golf courses here in America, and it's become one-dimensional game. It's just a, bo- a game in the air, whereas, you know, golf is a game in the air and also on the ground, and you want to bring the bounce back in. So a little more linksy. Style golf to me um, is what I try and incorporate. Where you do allow you're allowed to run the ball in. What we do is we start figuring out where you know we've already got plans. I think we've been through 42 sets of plans to get to the final one now, and um, we, we position the lakes. We look at the best pieces of property. We look at the best flora that we have there. This piece of property has, uh, especially around the periphery, some beautiful Florida upland. With scrub oaks live oaks oak trees um, and a lot of indigenous plants that you know really are going to enhance that whole property and what we're trying to do uh, we're going to try and include as much of those native or the uh, the uplands that we possibly can as well as bringing in uh creating more of the native areas and and to have those sort of separate the golf holes, so we have intimacy and privacy on the golf course and that's one of the things we try to do we got together with the owners right from the get-go and we said, listen, let's put all of the houses in one spot and not all around the golf course where, you know, like so many uh, golf courses in Florida and, and around the U.S. Um, where you have, you know, the fairways lined with condos or with houses. So what we've done is we've kept the the, uh, the housing and the residences to the north of the property and then the whole of the south part of the, of the property is going to be golf only. So it, it's going to lend itself, you know, we, we're trying to Create an experience here that uh, the golfer, when you're out there, you're going to feel at one with the nature and the golf course, and it's going to be your own private backyard for that four or three or four or five hours, however long you're out there for.
2: And we, we do appreciate that, Nick, how your designs and your courses, this one in particular, really incorporates the natural environment of this beautiful yes. Mayaka City area that's also rapidly growing, too, as you look at the Lakewood Ranch developments and everything there. But yes. in, in respect to making nature a part of this, is there some way you can limit the number of alligators on your <laughs> golf course here? Just because Mayaka City is kind of famous uh, as alligator country, the Mayaka River there. There are some monsters that live in that thing. And, uh, you know, I we have... Uh, there's alligators on just about every course in Florida, but can yeah. you set a limit? On, can you limit the gators uh, on the course in any way?
4: <laughs> well, you know, they transition, and, and most of the gators move at night. You know, they'll move from one pond or, or one lake to the other, and, you know, there's a lot of wetlands around there. Obviously, we're going to have a fence, and we'll burn the perimeter of the property, so it'll be difficult for them to get in. But there will be places where they will get in, um, you know, especially from the riverside. But, you know, most of the time, if you just leave gators be, they're not going to bug you. And obviously, sometimes you have a nuisance alligator, nu- nuisance alligator who chases people's dogs and people's dogs and things. So, um, But, you know, generally speaking, you leave them alone. They're not going to harm you at all. It
1: sounds like there's going to be membership dues for even the Gators. Uh, yeah. yes, there should so, be. Yeah, <laughs> they need it's to pay be their dues. <laughs> elite to get in. Um, well, you know, speaking of, I was curious because uh, southern Florida is a, uh, probably a little bit different than southern Africa uh, where you're originally from. But they have
4: crocodiles
1: there. Do they do they hang out on golf courses there? Fortunately
4: not. Uh yeah. They are a different predator altogether. Um they are much more aggressive. The Nile crocodile is really uh, uh, I don't know how to say it. I'm terrified of them. You know, I'm I'm not nearly as scared of alligators as I am of crocodiles, but You know, uh, one thing you did do when we were back home, you learned to ski really well because you didn't want to spend too much time in the water. So (laughs) a lot of us, uh, when we were water skiing, we got up really quickly. But, um, you know, the natural flora, the natural fauna that we're going to have then at uh, at Saleta is going to be something, you know, they are going to be, as with any golf course in in Florida, you are going to have, you know, alligators and you know I'm, I'm looking forward to one of the great things about that area is the bird life and i honestly mm-hmm. with the with the michael river just going to the south of us there's some beautiful bird life and once we start you know with the lakes on the golf course and uh you know it's going to attract even more uh beautiful birds so you know but the, there's always going to be you know issues with wildlife on florida golf courses all you got to do is give them a wide berth though. that's the one thing just just let them be, and they'll let you be. The problem
1: is, is that uh, my co-host here, Nick, loves to hit it where the gators are. That's right. That's so you know, <laughs> if you just kept it in the fairway, you'd probably be okay. But yeah,
2: yeah. what is the rule? Well. What's the penalty? Do I have to? If one lands next to a gator's mouth, my ball? Do, do I have to take a stroke there? Or? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, it depends on your playing partners. But if I were you, I'd drop it as far away from it as you possibly can. Uh, the other thing is, leave, leave your ball retriever at home, guys. Don't don't, don't right. near If you
1: If you're playing with me, the answer is play as play it play as it lies. I, I knew you would say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I ask you a little bit back, back in the day in some of some of your more fond memories uh, sure. out on the PGA Tour? Uh, well, I mean, I got to ask you, of course, about uh, about the Masters, and it still holds the, the lowest, the, the 63 that you shot. Uh, what was that, 86? 86, uh, yeah. It, tell me about that round and, and what it felt like to start it, and as you were playing, did you have a sense of, of how special it was?
4: Well, I I was really frustrated because on the Thursday, I shot, uh, I think it was 78, and I had five three-putts. Augusta, I'd grown up on greens that were much slower than that, Um, and I always battled, well, through most of my career, on really, really fast greens. So uh, I'd been working really hard on my cheetah green game, you know, the three, four weeks before the Masters, and then I'd go out and shoot 78, hitting the ball beautifully and putting really poorly. So, the next that uh, that evening, I went on to the putting green with David Ledbetter, who was my coach at the time, and we worked on a few things. And the next day, I putt a lot better. I shot 68, made the cut, and now I'm really happy. A lot of the pressure's off. And uh, anyway, that Saturday morning, um, it, with the conditions of the golf course were, were perfect for scoring. Um, not much wind. Um, I think we'd had a little bit of rain overnight, so it was a bit soft. Uh, and I ended up bogeying the first hole, and I thought, oh, here we go. I'm going to either shoot Hmm. 77. I'm going to probably shoot another 77 today. Anyway, what happened thereafter was I had 10 birdies. I putted like um, the best I've I've ever putted at Augusta and ended up shooting 63 and breaking the course record. And The most important thing for me at that stage was the fact that uh, I had now played myself into contention to have a chance to win the next day, which – I didn't do the uh, Jack Nicholas shot that 66 and uh, came out of the pack. One of the most phenomenal rounds, especially for a 46-year-old, and beat us all. And uh, I think I ended up finishing fourth, which, you know, I was kind of happy about because I ended up I shot 77 in the or 78 in the first round. So it was nice to get uh, uh, three good rounds, uh, you know, uh, under my belt, the uh, second, third, and fourth round. So, yeah,
1: is the pressure at the Masters different than? The pressure at other majors
4: um i don't think so i think well, you know one of the things that's really special for augusta is that especially for the fans and the patrons that go there and the people who watch on tv is that it's the only major that's played on the same course every year so there's a familiarization or familiarity to everyone watching it. oh yeah i know the 14th hole at augusta it's a dog leg left and 13 is the par five over the water Whereas, you know, people don't know St. Andrews and they don't know maybe Bolter's Roll or Shinnecock or any of those courses as well as, as Augusta. So it's wonderful in that respect. Um, but from a player's point of view, you've seen, especially as you've played there, you played there on many occasions, you start seeing where all the disasters happen. And, um, you know, you try and put those out of your mind, guys dunking in the water and making nines on the 12th hole and things like that. So. But uh, it, it is. It's a very precise golf course in that when the pins are in certain areas, you really have to hit the ball in a safe area. If you try and take the pin on and you don't hit the shot quite like you want to or as you should do, you're going to end up paying the penalty. So, And people can relate to that. You know, That's what the, the greatest thing is. People can actually uh, – the fan at home watching on TV can, can, can see, okay, I remember – Curtis strange making a mistake here or whatever it was or Seve is making a mistake here and that cost them the masters that year. What's it like
2: to be number 1 in the world? I think a lot of us will never <laughs> at anything
4: at any I'm anything.
2: Uh yeah, number 1 truck driver. I don't care what it is, but no. You <laughs> sat at the top well, You, of know, the, you yeah, sat at the top I of the official know. world golf rankings for
4: 43 weeks
2: as so is, 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 is that something you you sit there and think about or no, you just keep
4: it's, being Nick Price. I mean, It's something that was meant an awful lot to me, especially in my later years, you know, but for me, it was a byproduct of how well I was playing at the time. And it's and for someone to say, well, I'm going to turn around and go, I'm going to be number one in the world. You know, there's so much golf to play before you get to that situation. So, you know, taking each shot as it comes, each hole as it comes, each tournament as it comes, and you keep winning and you keep doing well, that's the byproduct is getting to number one in the world. But um, you know, I think it'll be very hard for anyone to start the beginning of the year, you know, unless they're in number two or number three or maybe number four spot in the world ranking, saying, at the end of this year, I want to be number one. It's it's really that I think you lose your focus on what you're trying to do on the golf course if you start thinking about, you know, trying to get to number one in the world.
1: Part of that run, '94 uh, PGA Championship. Um and that was at Southern Hills. I used to work in the Tulsa market, so I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I've hacked around that golf course many a times. Um, but that—that uh, that was wasn't that Arnie's last PGA Championship.
4: I believe it was. Uh, you know, so there was a lot of uh, there were a lot of special things about that because we hadn't been back to Southern Hills for quite a long time. I think Hubert Green won there in '77, the U.S. Open, but it hadn't a major championship hadn't gone back to Southern Hills for like 17 years, and then. You know arnold uh played his last one so uh, you know arnold for my generation anyway um gave us so much to the game he gave you know basically what tiger's done for the young guys today is what arnold did for us uh, back in the 70s and 80s so you know it was very sad for all of us when he he bid farewell to yeah. competitive golf
2: well and it was very strange to see to tie this into southern hills and what i want to ask you about next to see southern hills last year 2022 the uh defending champion phil mickelson not playing at it because he's gone over to yeah. live you know you've been such a great ambassador nick for the pga um I this is i'm not sure where things stand now with with live and pga I, to be honest to be honest with you, it got, it's gotten a little too just convoluted at this point, but it does seem like right. at the, this merger isn't happening as quickly as they had thought it would or said it would, and it seems like for at least this next coming season, maybe a couple more, we're still going to have these two different entities and, and where yeah. some of your best U.S. ambassadors of golf are not playing in, in these PGA Tour events. Where do you yeah. stand on that, and, and how do you hope to see this conclude?
4: You know what, I'm, I'm really saddened that the game is fragmented uh, that, it, that the way it is now. It's, it's sad. Um, I know some of the guys don't talk to some of the guys on the, on the Live Tour because they feel like they jumped ship. I mean, I think uh, there was all this money coming into the game. It's just a pity that they didn't figure out a way, whether you want to blame the Live and the PIF guys or whether you want to uh, blame the PGA Tour I don't really care. It's, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone, but it's just a pity that they couldn't come together and put all of this money into the game of golf globally, um, not just for 48 people. You know, it's, it's fine to do that and say, okay, 48 people. But you know what makes us look good on the PGA Tour is that we're beating 165, 163 guys every week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a limited field. I've never been a huge fan of limited field events. Because you know a guy who plays really well, who might be ninetieth in the world ranking, can beat the guy who's first in the world ranking. Uh, You know that happens uh, uh, regularly. I don't want to say all the time, but uh, and that's what makes golf go around, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm I I hope there is a settlement. I want to see everyone get back to playing against each other. I want to see the top players getting back to play against each other. Um, And there's certainly room for you know, the live tour, somewhere, um, whether it's incorporated or, or alongside the PGA tour, I don't know. But the sooner they resolve this whole issue, the happier I'm going to be. And there's going to be a lot of golf fans that are going to be happy too, because we're going to get really the strongest fields in golf again.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we want to thank you for carrying the torch for uh, the game for as many years as you have. And, and now you're in the design game, and uh, we want folks to check it out, SoletaGolf.com. If you want to see some of the images, some of the early renderings that they have and, and, and what Nick's been working on, uh, some really exciting stuff. And it looks beautiful just on these, these first renderings. So if you have uh, any interest in what's going on in Mayaka City and the build that's about to take place, we encourage you to check out the website again, SoletaGolf.com. Nicky, thank Please, you so dude. much for being a part of our, our show here tonight. Thanks, hey, thanks. Thanks, thanks for having me Thank you. The great Nick Price joining the off Days podcast. A lot of great stories, a lot of great insight into what makes a good golf course as well. Nick Price, uh, we I, appreciate I, his time. I hope he
2: lets me play after I made those rude comments <laughs> about the alligators. Do you feel yeah. like he'll he'll keep me off the
1: course? No, because I think you scared all the viewers. <laughs> like, the, why <laughs> alligators are so, you know, scary on a golf course and... Yeah. So I'll have so the course to myself. Is what you you're saying? Okay, yeah, great. That's it. Good. All right, BK, come on in here. Uh, what do we have set up for this last segment now?
0: A little quiz on traffic signs. Okay. Traffic signs. That's right. Good. In the yeah. theme
1: of sign stealing. So. Sign stealing. So yeah. So our, our podcasting audience probably gonna have to check this one out on YouTube.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: we'll yeah. do our best right. to describe what we see. Okay. Right. Yeah, right. I think.
0: These are international traffic signs that look kind of different than what they would mean here in the States. Mm. Yeah. So Scott's going to have an advantage. He's been to Europe he's the recently, traveler. I believe. Yeah. He's oh, international yes. traveler.
1: Yes. Well, I don't pay attention to signs. <laughs> if, you, if you've seen me drive around here, I'm not paying attention Holy to any God, signs. that's the truth. Mind what, Gap?
0: <laughs> okay, we're going to start off in Sweden. How about that? Here's the first one. Take a look at that. Uh, what is see. that sign? Well,
1: that looks like an egg in a goblet. And, um, and, and a, a guy bed,
0: in a bed. Sleeping
1: with an arrow pointing up.
2: That's his roof of his house, I think.
1: Okay, so that's a, it's a hotel, and then that has to be like a, it's a bed and breakfast. This is a rest area. Yeah. A they, rest area sign. Uh, that's some type of uh, Swedish cuisine there in the goblet, and yeah. uh, that's a, a place to sleep. There yep. you go.
0: Roll it. Is that what it is? It is a bed oh, and, bed and breakfast. Oh, Scott one How
1: about one? that? Well, it's weird that they have signs for bed and breakfast. So, I know like, and it's a perfect I mean we have like a...
3: <laughs> <there's> like, <laughs> we have Yelp.
1: Yeah. We have we other like things quality in, you know, next Stop at uh, bed and breakfast. Oh, yeah. I oh, like okay. that. Very so good. So I want to know what that breakfast item is.
0: Is that an egg? It's got to be an egg,
3: yeah.
1: Dinosaur Why egg. Why do they eat it's eggs in a cup?
0: But that's like a, is that like a poached egg or something?
1: Yeah, or you know, something they, where they I've seen them s- at fancy the places.
0: Yeah, served
2: in that, and you get your spoon and you tap it. And okay. It's yeah. so yeah.
1: either an extremely small cup or that's a giant egg. It's a triceratops All right. egg.
2: <laughs> All
0: right, nice <laughs> sign. Next one. Nick Price may know this is South Africa. Tell me what this sign means. Oh.
1: No pushing people into the water. What we're
2: seeing here for our listening audience is a there's an outline of a figure that appears to be a female because it has the shape of a dress, and there's a, a I guess a male because it doesn't have a dress. <laughs> he doesn't and have he any is, clothes on. He in is fact.
3: <laughs> he is <laughs> falling nude.
2: into what appears to be water. Yes. Her arm is outstretched as if she has
1: pushed him. pushed him. Yeah, uh, no murder here. Uh, <laughs> please do not commit that here. Uh, I don't know it it looks like uh, he's jumping into the water so maybe that maybe a high tide or rip current or something like that
2: I'm gonna say that this is you said this is in South Africa South Africa this is South Africa this is outside um, you know some type of legal offices and this sign is warning you uh, to (laughs) not reveal the value of your life insurance policy
0: that's Mm, what this means Wow
1: okay this is like a a prenup thing
0: yeah okay let's see what it is Chris Slippery surfaces. Uh, so she's, oh, she's oh, reaching out to try to save him. Oh, yeah. oh, this is
2: heartbreaking. It is. <laughs> this is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, It's like the notebook on a road sign.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, the next one's from UK. It's a detailed one. What does that oh. sign?
1: It's a big white sign with a red circle. That's all it is. Um, gosh. Well, red means stop. Yeah. Um, circle. Uh, it's like a tunnel. Ma- uh, don't go into the tunnel. That's yeah. what I'm going to say. Don't it's go- <laughs> a tunnel sign.
2: Th- maybe you see it at a, what do they call their subway there? Their, um, the, the tube. The subway. Don't go into the tube sign. The That's tube. what that means.
0: It means no vehicles. You only, can only bicycles. Only bicycles being pushed.
2: Oh, well, couldn't he have given us the silhouette of a bike and they, a thumb thumbs up yeah, <laughs> next to it? No, because
1: then they would think that they could ride their bikes. Exactly. And no, you have to push them wherever this is, which is probably inside the tube, to be honest.
2: Only bicycles yeah. being pushed. Well, okay. that sounds like torture. It I does. don't want to go there.
0: It All does. Right. Okay, next one, going to Germany. Mm, yes. Yeah, tell me what this sign means. Oh, boy. Okay. If you speak German, you may have an advantage.
1: Spelinder kinder.
2: Achtung. Achtung is a warning, right? Okay. I know that from a U2 album.
1: S- um Kinder. The kinder has got to be kids, right? So don't let the kids um, jump.
3: What is that? It's, a, it's like a triangle. It's like bursting
1: a, out of a, a yellow triangle that they've broken out of. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's got to be. Oh, I know. It's got to be a, a kids, a school zone. Okay. Yeah. Warning, so, kid. Yes. Kid jailbreak. Straight ahead. <laughs> there's kids. There's a kid's crosswalk. It's a yeah. school zone, so you got to slow down. That's what it. Yeah, I they're, believe. They're I'm leaving believe. that triangle. They're leaving school for the day. I'll mm-hmm. give you
0: that. Okay. It is warning children playing. Okay, there we go. Very good. What are
2: they playing?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, they're break out of the triangle. That's what it looks like.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's such a, it's such an elaborate sign. I mean, somebody came up with this.
2: Yeah, you can almost see the expression in the children's movements there. They, Look
0: at, they're so happy. Hap-
2: oh no, that one's falling.
1: It's another oh. slippery surface <laughs> sign. Oh.
0: Okay, how about this one? I like this one. <laughs> 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 Uh, it's an actual traffic sign.
1: Yeah, so okay. there's a big cloud of some type of explosion above a car. Yeah. So um, it's not happening at the hood, so it looks like the car is fine, but I, I think uh, no smoking in your vehicle. This has, where, what country is this? This
0: is uh, England. Hmm. Well,
1: it's also in located inside a red circle, which we know means that you can't ride a bike. You can't through, push. You have you to push, you have your, to push bike. your bike. Yeah. So, um, gosh! Um, it's
2: now. You said, you, Scott, you think there's nothing wrong with the vehicle. It looks like there's something wrong with its rear. Like maybe <laughs> yeah. this is an exhaust like situation. Explosives in the trunk. Like no, no carrying um, gas cans. No, what is it? Harmful carb- harmful um, exhaust. Like this emissions. is an area where you can't. Um, uh, you you can't have to stop for an emissions, emissions to, check.
1: Well, maybe they have to walk their car here. You have to push your <laughs> car. You have to. This is a pu- car pushing zone. Man, they're tough in England.
3: Yeah.
0: Scott I, hit on it. You hit on it, Scott. No vehicles allowed to transport explosives. Okay. So, Sh- do,
2: I, do we need a sign for that? Yes. <laughs> should, if I you don't know. see it, you're
0: more than welcome. Must be an issue, <laughs> yeah. yeah <right. laughs> you're should, free to roll.
2: Shouldn't that be understood? This is the uh, light, the
1: dynamite lane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and here we go. Last one. Name that sign. What does it mean? It's it in England.
1: Okay, so we got a car with a motorcycle on top of it.
0: Okay. And we have the red circle. circle. Yeah, there
1: it is. So it's something you cannot do. No, it's another, yeah, can't do this, can't do that. I mean, it looks like a a warning for Evil Knievel. I'm going to say no car jumping. (laughs) (laughs) No car jumping on your motorcycle,
3: Mm. no stunts.
1: I'm gonna say it's an area where you can't. Uh, although they, if
2: this is true, they could have drawn it better. But you can't have pull a trailer with another <laughs> vehicle on it. So you know how you hook your motorcycle trailer up to your truck. You can't okay. do that here.
1: Wouldn't you put
2: a trailer on I, it? That's what I said. Instead they they could have drawn it better. Instead of a motorcycle on top of the car. I would. I would do a lot of things differently. Maybe
1: but. you can't have uh, that. You can't have stacked cars. You know, like. Um, <laughs> You know, like car transport. Uh, Brian because really the, likes this one, tunnels. so this must be good. Okay. Um wow. it, it's 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 somebody's jumping the shark right there. I think that's fine.
2: You can't operate any motor vehicle
1: in this area. Motorcycle, no. yeah, car, I don't care what it what, is. What what have you you're walking
2: everything
1: yeah. through this tunnel.
2: And, and especially an exploding truck. Don't yes. bring that <laughs> through here either.
0: Go ahead, Chris. Cato got it right. Yeah. No vehicles whatsoever allowed.
1: Okay. Yeah, that covers your base. You could have just had the car, but then a motorcycle would think. Oh, yeah, I could squeeze through here. <laughs> I could do this. <laughs> nope, you're included.
2: And those are the only two types of vehicles they have in the UK. Right, I guess. right. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, well, no buses. Buses are allowed. Buses
2: I, are okay. Maybe it's a bus All lane. Right. I don't know. Well, this was educational.
1: It was. Now I feel like we're going to be. I'm, I'm probably going to forget all of those. but um,
2: I know one you won't forget. You won't forget that bed and breakfast. <laughs> no. You'll pull that wagon of yours quickly oh, so off the Swedish interstate.
1: <laughs> I'm so hungry for an egg in a cup right now. <laughs> you know who would know what that is? Jim Harbaugh. He, he would, would know exactly, he would have exactly stolen what that is. that sign. Is yeah. He's a big fan of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, BK, uh, our our audio audience, you're going to have to go check it out uh, online. Yeah. And, uh, let me tell people where they, they can find the show. Um, that would be fox13news.com slash nodpod and you can get the whole show right there in video and audio form Uh, you can also subscribe on iTunes Google Play or Spotify so that the podcast is sent to you each and every week directly to your phone Uh, you don't even have to look for it big thanks to our guest Nick Price um, and Big thanks to you for enduring what was a well, very difficult conversation about college football. It was tried. I'm not sure that we landed on anything definitive, did we? We prevailed, I okay. believe. The, hey. big, the big winner? <laughs> Bo Fish, <laughs> Of course. It's never felt so good to be fired. My
2: goodness. Hey, big show next week. Big Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah? Big, yeah. Big what Thanksgiving What are we doing show? next week? You're, are you you're, teasing you're some? You're cooking the turkey. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, we I'll,
1: we I'll, might have to do a little uh, breakdown of the best sides. I'll what bring what a say? little
2: side dish. Sounds good. And it won't be green bean casserole. That stuff is nasty. It
1: better rhyme with uh, sweet Monado (laughs) rasserole. I'm tired. All right. Until (laughs) next time we are on, there are no off days. days.